Hi, I'm Kelly Cervantes, and this is Ceasing Life, a bi-weekly podcast produced by Cure Epilepsy. Today on Seizing Life, I'm happy to welcome Colleen Jandreas to the podcast. Colleen's youngest son, Owen, experienced his first seizure at five months old. This began a journey that saw Owen's seizures change and progress into infantile spasms and ultimately tonic seizures resulting in a diagnosis of Lennox-Gastaut syndrome or LGS when he was three and a half years old. Colleen is here today to share Owen's journey with us discuss how two particular interventions have made a significant difference in his quality of life, and offer some insights and advice for other parents of children with epilepsy. Colleen, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so psyched to be able to talk to you. You are one of my uh, oldest Instagram mom epilepsy friends uh, that I made so early in the journey. Uh, And so I'm just, I'm really excited to uh, learn from you and to share your and your family's story. So with all that said, can you tell us about your son, Owen, and how epilepsy first entered your lives? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for that intro, Kelly. Always fun to chat with you. I know we, um, we go way back. So uh, really honored to be here and um, love chatting about my favorite topic, my special guy, um, So let's see, Owen, he's five years old. He's my third kiddo. Um, He is the light of my life. And when he was five months old, uh, he started having seizures. So that is where our epilepsy journey began with him. And I understand that um, seizures didn't just like gradually roll into your life. It It was a little more sudden and explosive, if you might say. Yes, uh, you hit the nail on the head with that. Owen was um, actually experienced something called explosive onset epilepsy, and it is literally as um, terrifying as it sounds. So when he was five months old, he started having focal seizures one night. Um, I spotted them pretty immediately, and um, they just were one after another, about one every half hour, one every hour. Um, And we, you know, I, I feel really blessed because... I recognized it immediately um, and I made my way down to our local children's hospital, which is Chalk Hospital. That stands for um, Children's Hospital, Orange County. And again, so lucky that um, Chalk has a level four EMU. So um, EMU stands for Epilepsy Monitoring Unit. And what, um, what does that mean, a level four EMU, for those who may not be familiar with that terminology? Sure. Um, Well, I mean, I had to learn it too, right? So um, a a level four EMU, what makes it so special is that it's a comprehensive epilepsy center. So they're not just going to do epilepsy treatment. They've got a lot of advanced diagnostics. um, And then they've also got the epileptologists on staff. So those are neurologists with um, special training in the treatment of epilepsy. Uh, they're going to have things like video monitoring, EEGs. They're going to have all the imaging technologies, things like MRIs, PET scans, MEG scans, CAT scans. Forgive me that I'm diving right into the acronyms. Um, 
And then the other great thing about a level four um, EMU is they're also going to be able to get you in touch with some of the associated specialties that go along with epilepsy. So right away, we were able to see specialists like genetics, metabolics, neurosurgery, developmental specialists. I mean, really, um, if you are dealing with epilepsy, especially hard to control epilepsy, um, a level four EMU is absolutely where you need to be. Yeah, as we uh, know all too well, epilepsy um, often comes with a lot of other comorbidities and issues alongside of it. So you're not just dealing with one specialist, you are dealing with a contact list full of them. You get Owen into the hospital and he's diagnosed with epilepsy. What did your journey look like from there? Was he put on medication? Did they work? Oh boy. So that, that first day was, um, it was, it was a marathon stay. We were there for 17 days, um, trying to get Owen's epilepsy figured out and treated. We did a number of loading doses of various medications. We powered through all the frontline medications that they use to treat, you know, benign and easy to control epilepsy. And Owen was just failing those one after another. Um, and it was, uh, you know, a traumatic experience to, to say the least. It was so intense. Um, and we were getting through all of that. We were talking to all the specialists and, um, like a lot of people, when Owen was first diagnosed, what I knew about epilepsy was that it wasn't terribly serious, right? That's what everybody who isn't in purple ribbon world uh, thinks about epilepsy. So I found out right away that that was a complete, um, that was completely inaccurate. So um, yeah, we got through a ton of medicines uh, and when they weren't working, they went ahead and diagnosed him with refractory epilepsy. So we jumped right into that scene. Yeah. Uh, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. You are yeah. uh, off to the races. So I know that, you know, you're trying all of these medications. His epilepsy is refractory. Um, the medications aren't working. And then around 18 months old, you ended up getting an infantile spasms diagnosis, which is actually kind of unusual at 18 months for that to show up. Right. Yeah. Um, getting, getting the infantile spasms diagnosis is without a doubt the just worst moment of my life. I mean, when you have a baby with refractory epilepsy, um, you're, you're doing the hardcore Googling thing and you know, honestly, the worst case scenario is, is getting that that infantile spasms diagnosis and the older Owen was getting, and we were having a string of pretty good control at that time. I really, I really thought, you know, maybe we were going to be out of the woods with that, but at 18 months, um, we took him in for a regular EEG because we were seeing some unusual behaviors and some, some strange episodes. Um, and you don't take those things lightly when epilepsy is in your life. And I was just completely, taken off guard when the doctor came in and told us that it was in fact infantile spasms. And what did the treatment look like for that? Well, treatment for infantile spasms is it's a medical emergency. So this it's really intense. Um, and it, these epileptologists, they really try to get, try to get these spasms under control right away. The, the, the implications of this kind of diagnosis are, are so serious and 
it, it just it's indicative of a, a, a lifelong a, a challenges in development um, with controlling seizures. So uh, the first thing they started Owen on was Akthar in, injections. So that's a steroid. Um, and literally I had to, um, inject my, my little 18 month old baby, uh, with these, with these steroids. Uh, and it was over a nine week course. Um, at, for us, it was Christmas time. Um, and it, the steroids, they lower your threshold for illnesses. Um, and the timing just couldn't have been worse, right? At Christmas time, everybody's picking up bugs left and right. And this is pre pandemic. Um, so we're doing the steroids, we're getting through it, but honestly, we were still seeing the clusters and every day my heart is just breaking. But you were eventually able to get the clusters under control. What drug was it that helped? Yes. So after, um, after the steroids, we were put on another drug called Sabril. Sometimes that's referred to as Vigabratin. I'm worried I'm going to mispronounce that one. It's a mouthful. I think that one's by Gabitrin. Gabitrin. VGB. Okay. There we go. So, uh, yeah, Owen was put on VGB and, um, we did get control of the spasms and that was really exciting. Um, but you know, like most treatments, it, it came with some, some negative side effects. And you know, how developmentally was Owen doing at the time? Did you see regressions, uh, you know, after, you know, even after that first explosive onset, you know, how, how was he doing developmentally? Um, when he was a year old, he at that point had actually had seizure control for about six months. And this was before the IS developed. Um, we were starting to notice some missed milestones, right? We, he wasn't crawling. He's a year old. He even then had a hard time sitting up independently. Um, he wasn't really on track with starting solid foods. Um, definitely we were noticing those things. Uh, we were warned to keep an eye on them. Um, we were seeing them again, heartbreak. Um, and honestly, once we got that infantile spasms diagnosis, his development just, it was like, we put the brakes on. Um, there's been even today, not, not a whole lot. It is that, that is how devastating that diagnosis is. Yeah. It's, it's one of those just really ugly ones that you just can't even, I, I think, completely understand how crushing it is to development until you see it in your own child and, and, and what it is capable of taking from them. Hi, this is Brandon from Cure Epilepsy. Did you know that 30% of those diagnosed with epilepsy do not respond to current medications? That is why for 25 years, Cure Epilepsy has been committed to inspiring hope and delivering impact by funding patient-focused research to find a cure for epilepsy. Learn more about our mission and our research by visiting cureepilepsy.org. Now back to Seizing Life. I know that Owen then went on to receive a Lennox Gasto diagnosis. However, he, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he's still, it's so confusing in like the epilepsy world, you, you know, you have a Lennox Gasto diagnosis, but that's a clinical diagnosis. It's not a underlying diagnosis. And, um, you know, if you can just sort of explain that, you know, how you got this clinical diagnosis, but that you still don't really understand what's causing it all. Yeah. Um, when there's so much, so much 
nuances that go on with epilepsy and really all neurological um, issues, honestly. Uh, and it's, it's something you have to get used to when your child is diagnosed with epilepsy and you're researching and you're really realizing there's very few firm answers. Um, so, uh, right, when Owen was, I want to say about four years old, he did get the LGS diagnosis. So that's a clinical diagnosis. Um, that one, a little, I'll be honest, it was a little less traumatic than the infantile spasms because at that point we really knew it was coming. Uh, he had developed tonic seizures. So um, after the spasms are under control, Owen was still experiencing occasional focal seizures. Uh, and then these tonics showed up and really the tonic seizure, that's like the trademark of LGS. Um, along with the developmental issues that he was having. So when that diagnosis came along, uh, it was, it was, I mean, at that point, our greatest fears were realized. Uh, it's, it's a life limiting and a life threatening syndrome. Um, and it's something that we have to accept and we, we treat it. Um, and even though it's sad, I, I think we really just try to find pockets of joy and, and alongside this this difficult circumstance. So when we got that, um, when that diagnosis happened was really when our epileptologist went into high gear and we started talking about surgery. Yeah. Whew. So brain surgery, you know, MBD. Uh, so you <laughs> and you're you ended up making the choice to move forward with a corpus callosotomy. What is that? Yeah, so um, that was a pretty big decision. Uh, the corpus callosotomy is a procedure wherein a neurosurgeon is actually going to sever the connective tissue between the two hemispheres of the brain. Um, I know that sounds incredibly gruesome, but um, this surgery has been proven to be really effective um, for epilepsy and different seizure types. And because it's not a resection, it, it also doesn't, at least hasn't been proven to um, have any developmental impacts. So uh, when we got to the point of, of such, the, the seizures were getting so serious, Owen was actually having these um, horrible episodes where he would have a focal seizure while he was sleeping and the focals were then generalizing, so spreading across the brain um, and they were becoming dangerous. So we needed to we needed to do something drastic. And uh, this is what this is the treatment our doctor recommended. And honestly, we we were out of medication options. We were seeing our son suffer these horrible episodes in the middle of the night when everybody was asleep. Um, and the, the situation was dire. So when, when you're a parent and you're faced with something like that, it just, we had to go for it. We had yeah. to go. When I, you know, I, and you know, it's interesting because I think that we have this language around these brain surgery options that is, um, that is drastic because, you know, brain surgery sounds alarming, but I think that it's also important to remember like, Technology and science has come so far, uh, even just within the last five years. I mean, since when we first looked at surgery for Adelaide, I feel like it has uh, improved so much. And the ways that they can do it as minimally invasively as possible, um, it feels drastic because it's brain surgery, but it's not always as um, 
wild and detrimental, potentially or risky as um, as we may initially think. And it's one of the few potential options for a cure that we have in some cases. What was uh, the result for Owen? Yeah, well, um, I'll tell you what, it, in, in epilepsy world, as you well know, just being even considered or a candidate for surgery at all is something you actually want. So I know that sounds just wild. We were sitting around, we got um, two complete surgical evaluations done at two different hospitals. Um, you know, we didn't take this lightly, but we were honestly pretty excited that he was going to be a candidate for something that's potentially curative, right? Not not everybody with epilepsy is a candidate. So we were, we were really willing to try it. So, um, okay. Yeah. Well, guess what? We had fabulous results, right? <laughs> we finally got a break, our little guy. So, um, we, we go in for the corpus callosotomy. We have it done at chalk. And like you said, with uh, the new technologies, Owen was um, also a candidate for being able to do that procedure, uh, with a laser ablation. So that way we did, we weren't talking full craniotomy. We, um, we had a neurosurgeon who did it with a robot. It's all very science fiction-esque, but um, once the procedure was done, we stopped seeing those episodes at night. So now the focal seizures, uh, when they do happen, a lot, they're, they're far more rare when they do happen and um, they don't spread. So they have become sort of this benign issue um, we aren't talking about watching Owen struggle to breathe at night. And we really honestly feel like it saved his life. And we're so thankful, um, that those, those treatments exist. And then you went on to get even more control with other, um, devices. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, um, part of the surgical decision was not only the corpus callosotomy, but also that Owen would receive a VNS implant. So a vagal nerve stimulator, it's a tiny little device that they plant in your chest and it's got, um, you know, coils that wrap around the, the vagal nerve and it delivers a, um, a, a regular stimulation to the nerve. And they found that that can help regulate um, brain activity. So, uh, and therefore, you know, treat the epilepsy. And we get that on board for Owen about six months later. Uh, and uh, just again, we've had unbelievable results. I think between the the corpus callosotomy and the um, the VNS implant, uh, we're talking about about a ninety percent reduction in seizures for for Owen. And he is it is so lovely to just see him come alive and be so happy and, and live in his life despite this this tragic circumstances. Um, but we are just so thankful for all this um, seizure tech. I love it. I can't wait to see what what else is going to be on the horizon in, in the future. I mean, I have to say personally, you know, following your family and Owen's journey and um and watching those videos of him like playing in water or running through a field, it just, it's like, they're the best ever. They never fail to put a smile on my face because that joy and that life was not guaranteed for him. And, you know, you, you fought and you pushed and you have incredible doctors and, and it's, it really is amazing to see him living this level of life that, that you weren't sure he was going to get to. Oh, I, I appreciate you saying that. And, and believe me, we don't take a minute of it for granted. We are 
We really focus on quality of life for Owen. And we're so happy with the treatment decisions that his epileptologist has made. We feel like it it's just made made things so much better for him. Um, I've, a diagnosis like LGS, um, you know, years ago was was awful. And here we are just having a joyful life and, and, and doing regular things and, and loving on Owen and watching him just get out there and have fun and be a kid. Yeah, 100%. I do want to sort of shine a light, though, for a moment that, you know, Owen isn't your only kid. Um, he has an older brother and sister and, you know, epilepsy and the, you know, disabilities, they don't just affect the child, they affect the entire family. How has Owen's uh, epilepsy affected his siblings? Yeah, you know, I get I get asked this a lot. Um, and I totally understand because it's such a unique parenting experience. Um, not only having a kiddo like Owen, but then also having, uh, he's got two older siblings, a brother and a sister. So Margot is nine and Gregory is 11. Um, and Owen being the baby of the family at five years old, um, my, my older kiddos really had to kind of go on this journey with mom and dad. And they got to see, they had to see some of the dark parts. They got to see some of the sadness. They really, they know, what epilepsy can do. They know about brain surgery. Um, and it's, it's a lot of trauma for, for the kids. And I try my best to make sure they're having as much of a normal childhood as they possibly can, but that's, those are impossible things to achieve. Um, but you know what, my older kids are, what, what this life has taught them is they are so resilient. Um, they are so compassionate and what we like to say is that they are, they are totally woke to the, <laughs> they are, they are, um, this whole, this whole thing about in inclusion and, um, in inclusive excellence. I mean, my older kiddos are flag flying ambassadors for that whole movement. Um, and it's really something we can all embrace together. Um, and I'm just so proud of them. And I'm so happy that we found a nice balance to just keep our family happy. Yeah, they are just lovely, incredible, empathetic little humans that you are raising over there. So I often like to refer to you as um, the cheerleader for the epilepsy community, specifically on the Instagram world at Keep Going Owen. You've got you've to follow Colleen because... Um, she will back you up and be there in your corner and answer your questions. And, and your positivity is completely contagious and, and we are all better off for it. I wonder, you know, what advice do you have for the parents out there who are facing a new epilepsy diagnosis? Yeah, you know, I, um, it's so isolating in the beginning uh, and it's so terrifying what really helped me sort of find a level of acceptance and beauty in this life was just, I tell people, you've got to find your tribe. Um, you've got to get out there. You need to share your story um, and you need to connect with other parents that are going through the same thing. I know that sometimes hopping onto social media and seeing some of those difficult outcomes can be, can be really tough, but 
I saw some of that stuff in the beginning and what I took from it was like, look at these families. They, they got a, a sad diagnosis, but they're still finding pockets of joy. They're still li living life and having experiences. And I just, when I saw that, I thought if they can do it, then, then I can do it too. And I, if I can help somebody, um, if I can connect with people and share this experience, I feel like raising awareness is, is really powerful. So that those, that's so important to me. Yeah. There's a quote that you had mentioned also that I, I think is so beautiful that you're something that your epileptologist told you early in your journey. Um, I wonder if you could share that for us. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Um, yeah, well, our, our epileptologist and I, we go, we go way back, right? We've had a lot of years and a lot of conversations. So, um, but she did tell me early on, she said, don't forget to enjoy your child. <laughs> what is what a like just funny thing to say to somebody right but at that time i was so focused on owen's um epilepsy that i wasn't seeing past to realize i just had this beautiful baby with me that you know maybe he was going to be a little different but i was going to love him and i was going to love him for his differences and those differences were going to changed me profoundly. So um, I'm so glad she said that. It sticks with me. And I actually tell um, newly diagnosed people all the time the same thing. Don't forget to enjoy your child. I know epilepsy is so overwhelming, but there's still a, a person in there that needs your love and they're going to change you. I promise. I love that so much and think that that is um, one of the best pieces of advice that any parent, uh, especially especially with a medically complex epilepsy disability kiddo um, can remember and, and hold in their minds and their hearts. Colleen, you are incredible. I absolutely adore you. I can't wait until I get to hug you again in person. Um, thank you for being who you are and being the advocate that you are within this community. We are, uh, we are so grateful and um, please give Owen uh, a huge hug from me. All right. Extra smooches. Yes. And, um, you know, I ditto everything you say. You, you're my um, advocate inspiration. You're just out there crushing it. I'm so glad we connected. and I'm so honored to be here, too. Thank you, Colleen, for sharing your experiences, insights and advice with us as the mother of a child with epilepsy. 25 years ago, Cure Epilepsy was founded by mothers who were frustrated by the status quo of epilepsy care and the lack of advances being made in epilepsy research. Though Cure Epilepsy has fueled significant advances in knowledge and treatment during those 25 years, we continue our search for a cure so that children like Owen won't have to endure years of seizures and side effects from medications. You can help us achieve our goal of a world without epilepsy by visiting cureepilepsy.org forward slash donate. Cure Epilepsy, inspiring hope and delivering impact. Thank you. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Cure Epilepsy. 
The information contained herein is provided for general information only and does not offer medical advice or recommendations. Individuals should not rely on this information as a substitute for consultations with qualified healthcare professionals who are familiar with individual medical conditions and needs. Cure Epilepsy strongly recommends that care and treatment decisions related to epilepsy and any other medical conditions be made in consultation with a patient's physician or other qualified healthcare professionals who are familiar with the individual specific health situation.